both to will and to do of your own good player. We thank you for the abundance of grace. We thank you for the gift of righteousness. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us. We say, be exalted in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because everything that we have received tonight, everything that we have commanded tonight to come to us, we, we, we begin to manifest now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every spirit that we have sent out now today, they are gone and we must never hear from them again in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because even your word is going to restore us in the name of Jesus. We thank you because you are going to give us the light of your word and then we ask for understanding in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are going to teach us by yourself. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Uh, good evening again. God bless you and you're welcome to the fullness of God today. Today is the start of a wonderful series that I don't know when it's going to end. But one thing I know is this. If you stay true to what the Holy Spirit is going to show us today, before the next week, you have testimonies that are going to be shocking to even you. Just believe the word. Praise God. Now, before I go into the word with us, I want to share an experience. I want to share, this is an experience that I've shared countless of times, but I want to share this experience again. One day, I was, one early morning, I had just finished my study time and I was going out. And I declared that morning that God in me is not less than God in heaven. God in me is not less than God in heaven. That day was the beginning of manifestations supernatural manifestations in this ministry not just in my life in this ministry from that day we used to have a testimonies here and there here and there but then it was that day that we began to see children of god in the school graduates now that are manifesting god even on a daily basis because they understood one thing and I bet it with you, if you will only believe the word of God tonight, praise God, if only you would believe the word of God tonight, even you are going to join this train. Now, Romans chapter 1 from verse 16. We want to talk about the fullness of God, but we must begin from the beginning of things for every person that is in Christ. Romans chapter 1. I'll be reading all scripture to avoid any um, interruption from anyone. But I need someone to volunteer to drop those scriptures in the group for us. One person just dropped the scriptures as I call them in the group for us. Romans chapter 1, from verse 16 to 17. Now, this is Apostle Paul speaking here, the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul. And the Holy Spirit said, and the Holy Spirit said Oh, this is Apostle, Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. All right. Because it is the power of God for salvation. That the reason I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ is because it produces God's power for salvation. Now, many people are ashamed of the gospel of Christ today. 
Many people cannot call themselves Christians when situation arises today because there is a lack of power in their lives. There is a lack of what? Power in their lives. See, many of the things I'm going to say tonight, my son doesn't even boasting. I'm not boasting. A powerless Christian is a clueless Christian. Can I repeat that? A powerless Christian is a clueless Christian. So if there is, if you sense that there is a, there is no manifestation of power in your life, the reason is because you are clueless about the gospel of our Lord Jesus. What produces God's power for salvation? Hear this. And the word meant salvation there can be translated into many other things. It is not just salvation as in being saved from death. It also means prosperity. It is translated to healing. It is translated to, you name it, restoration. What produces the power is the gospel of Christ. Now, for you to understand that it is what produces the power, in verse 17, I'm sure this is the Holy Spirit speaking to Apostle Paul. He now said, for in this gospel, herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God revealed. Time will not allow me to begin to define some terms for you. I'll just mention them. Now, there is a difference between being righteous and the righteousness of God. This is a this is a common thing that graduates in this school understand by now. There is a difference between being a righteous man and being the righteousness of God. Now, a righteous man, when he lives by faith continually on a daily basis, would continue to grow until he begins to manifest as the righteousness of God. But pending the time that he grows to that level, he is righteous. Now, to be righteous means to have a right standing with God. This is why Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we are peace with God. So when you hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus, the first thing that happens to you when you believe and you confess the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior with your mouth, what happens to you is that you become justified. In other words, you become righteous. Now, the Bible says in verse 17 that this righteousness, that, that, that the righteousness of God is revealed from the experience of faith to faith. So as you go from faith to faith, you experience more of the righteousness of God. Now, becoming the righteousness of God is becoming God's justification for doing things. I will together, very brethren. The righteousness of God is God's justification for doing things. That when God does things, he is justified. When Jesus was on earth, he was the righteousness of God. I will together now. He was not just just he became also the justifier of many. 
Now, what it means to become the righteousness of God is to become a system. Hear me, everybody. To become a system through which God does things on earth. So you can become a system through which God gets things done on earth. In fact, it was the intention of God for man to become a system. It is the intention of God for you to become his righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, He that knew no sin, he has made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made? You see, you notice this that we might, it is a conditional thing. The Bible didn't say that we might become righteous. It says that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might become God's system for getting things done on earth in him. I go together. Now, if you are holding the normal Bible on the line, mind. This means that it is conditional. So it is not many Christians that will get to this level. Truth be told. Truth be told. Not many Christians will get to this level. Not many. But there is a chance that you can become the righteousness of God. Are we going on this now? So as righteousness of God, That is God's system for getting things done on earth. There must be something that makes this possible. And this is what we have come to examine tonight. That if you are going to become God's system for doing things on earth, then surely, if God is demanding such a wonderful and great thing from you, then surely he must have done something to make sure it is possible. We have come to look at what God has done. Praise God. John chapter 10 from verse 10, the B part. The Lord Jesus said, The thief cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he said, Hear this, everybody. He said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. That is the Lord Jesus declaring his mission statement. Now, the Apostle John, I mean, John the Baptist was declaring the mission statement of was it john the baptist in john 3 16 for god so loved the world i think it was the lord jesus himself that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the good news right you will notice that these two scriptures are saying the same thing that the reason god gave up a son the reason god sent the lord jesus to us is so that we may have life now this life matters i want to get it now what kind of life is God talking about? It is definitely not everlasting life. Because everlasting life means life that does not end. And all spirits, hear me everybody, all spirits have everlasting life. It does not matter what they have. Spirits don't die. But only a class of spirits have eternal life. 
So the reason the Lord Jesus came to this earth was not everlasting life, it was eternal life, or otherwise known as Zoe. And you find this interesting. These are two grave scriptures that talks about the vision and mission statement of the Lord Jesus, and you did not notice that sin was not included. Originally, the problem was in sin. Though sin led to the problem, the problem was in sin. The problem has always been that man was unable, here everybody, to become the system that God intended him to be. You are wondering, how does God expect to become a system? Let's go back. Genesis chapter 1. We already know the scripture. Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And we are coming back to these scriptures. They are very serious scriptures we are going to investigate tonight. In fact, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hand this meeting by 9.30. The meeting I'm going to will have to wait. Praise God. Now, God was speaking here. So let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. It was that day that God expressed his desire for creating a man. That this entire place that I have created, he is to have dominion. He is to subdue it. He is to control it. He now said something. He said he is to become fruitful he is to become, he is to multiply, and he is to replenish. Hear this, everybody. To replenish means to restore. To replenish means to restore. And so if God is saying that I intend for you to restore, it means that God is saying, I am taking my hands off the running of this place. So, originally, right from the onset, God's intention, God's intention was that man should rule the head. But in order for man to do this, man needed something, life. But the first man lost it. And this is why we're looking at Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Now, for every person, hear this, for every person that has received the Lord Jesus, this life has come back into you. Let me not be ambiguous or bogus. Let us look at what the word says, particularly about those things. Jesus said, the reason I came is so that you may have life. And God told Adam and Eve that when you eat out of this tree, you shall surely die. So the reason that the world became uh, what it became before the Lord Jesus came and what is still now getting rotten is because of the absence of life before the Lord Jesus came and then the uh, on inability to operate life after the Lord Jesus came. The reason we are, the world is in the mess it is today is first because, the because of the absence of life, one, and then after the Lord Jesus came, it's because of the inability to operate life. Praise God. We're getting somewhere. Now, yeah. John chapter 1. 
please mute yourself if you are, uh, in case you just got in here please mute yourself we're recording the session john chapter one from verse one the bible says in the beginning was the world and the world was with god we're going to investigate the scriptures over the next three weeks in the beginning was the world and the world was with god and the world was god all right all things were made by him nothing was made without him that was made and then it got to a place it said in him was life in the world was life and the word was life so listen to me everybody when you receive the lord jesus he didn't just die for your sins what he did was that he died so that you may have life and glory to god the kind of life that is in you has no business whatsoever with sin any longer That's the discussion for another day. Praise God. Are we together? Now, if we understand that we have life in us, praise God. Now we can move on to the, we can now begin the session properly. Colossians chapter 2. We can now begin. I was just trying to help us get a preamble since morning all along. So now let's begin the session properly. Colossians chapter 2. Let's start from verse 6. Now, somebody please place down the group. Colossians 2, 6, down. We're reading even up to verse 10 now. Now, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. Rooted, built up, established in the faith as you have been taught, and abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now hear this. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily notice it didn't say in christ dwells all the fullness of god bodily no it didn't say that he said godhead so if the bible is correct and that is not a mistake it means that uh god is not then a name It is a class of beings with a particular kind of life. And this class of beings have a head. Are we together? The term God is not a name. It is a class of beings sharing a nature in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily now verse now says and you are complete in him talking about who christ jesus you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers now i'm going to need us to answer and type answers in the group 
Don't risk, don't on me to say my response. Just type answers in the group now. If the Bible says that you are complete in Him, that is in Christ, who is the head of all principalities and powers? I am now asking you now, who is now the head of all principalities of powers? Now. If you are complete in Him, that is, if you are complete in Christ, that is, you are in Christ, and this Christ is the head of all principalities and powers. I am asking us, who is now the head of all principalities and powers? To save our time, you. You are the head of all principalities and powers as long as you are in Christ. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I understand that you think that you be, we believe that principalities and powers are so strong and powerful and all. And so if you are going to be the head of all principalities and powers, it means that you must have something that they do not have. Are we together? Now, let's look at that scripture again. Colossians 2.10 from the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation a lot more because it's a lot more direct. Please, if you have to see anything, just type it in the group. Don't unmute yourself, like I said. Colossians 2.10 from the Passion Translation. Colossians 2.10 from the Passion Translation. Now, hear this. It says, and our own. Good, let's start from verse 9. Now it says, is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in him. Hear this. We are completely filled with God. Even as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Permit me to now ask you again. If you are completely filled with God, what are you? <laughs> I know we'll be, we'll be taken aback here. We may not want to respond. If you are completely filled with God, what are you? Ah, people don't want to respond again. Kai. <laughs> if you are completely you are filled with God, thank you, Ma, for responding. If you are completely filled with God, it means that you are God. Take for example. A bottle that is completely filled with Pepsi is Pepsi. Is that correct? Okay, let's not mm. use analogy. The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth shall be established. Shall we take witnesses? Let's take witnesses. Let's take let's take let's take witnesses. Let's take witnesses. Witness number one. Witness number one. 
Because this is a very serious statement that you are completely filled with God and then that you are God. It's a serious statement. Witness number one. Genesis chapter one and verse 26. Please, whoever is typing for us, please write those witnesses there. Witness number one. Genesis chapter one and verse 26. The Bible says that in the mouth of two to three witnesses shall a word be established. Let us look at our witness. Genesis 1, 26. Now, listen, everybody. And God said, who said? God. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now, listen to this. The first introduction of God that we have in Genesis 1 1 is that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. In the what? Beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This is the first introduction of God that we have. Three important things that you must know about God God creates, God maintains god restores shall i repeat myself god creates when i say god now i do not refer to a single person god creates god maintains that is sustains god restores these are the three main things that god does now, the Bible said God created the heavens and the earth. But then he came out and said, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So, what this means is that when the Bible said God, it was not referring to one person. There is the presence of the Father there, God. The presence of the Spirit of God was there, the Holy Spirit. And the presence of the Word was there, the Lord Jesus. Because what God did, you, see, you might wonder, why did the Bible say the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters? Because the Bible was trying to help you understand the deity, the, the, the nature referred to as God. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, John said, In the beginning was the word, and the word was the God, and the word was God. So, originally, God referred to the Father, El Shaddai, the Holy Spirit, that is the Holy Ghost, and then the word. The word, the Spirit, that is in what God says. It is that same word that became flesh that we now know as the Lord Jesus today. I want to get it now. Now, so when God was saying, let us create man, God was speaking to the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus. There. He said, let us create man. He didn't say, let me. He didn't say, no, I will now make man. No, he didn't say that. He said, let us. 
make man in our image and after our likeness so now originally god created man to be in his image we're looking at witness number one god created man to be in his image and the image of god will be how god would appear right if i take a picture of you that's your image if i take a snapshot of you that's your image but he said not just my image but also our likeness likeness means same to same so god is saying let us photocopy ourselves and give him our nature and let him have dominion so the first man was created to be a god praise god and in order for this to happen genesis 2 7 in order for this to happen god had to find a way and the lord god hear this this is to tell you that the difference is there is a difference between the lord god the spirit of god and the word of god despite the fact that they are god the three of them and this is why we refer to them as the trinity it is a deep mystery and this is why people of some other religions would never understand that trinity because they think that god is yes god is one but it's not linear are we together now the lord god formed man so this is to tell you that the manifest physical manifestation of god put sand together this sand was already called man so hear me everybody if you have received the lord jesus it is your body that is referred to as man not your spirit the lord god formed man so what the, the dust that for god formed was already called man despite the fact that he was not breathing and god formed man from the dust of the heart and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life so god created from dust and now gave the uh what is it called now the the man the breath of life and this breath came from god praise god this breath came from where god so for our first witness i'll ask a question do you agree with me that the likeness of god is god just as the same way the spirit of god is god that's our first witness now listen to me everything that people men have referred to as gods today except el shaddai hmm, is less than man himself maybe i should repeat this everything that you have referred to as gods every gods that they have referred to in the past call them any name baal shongogun name any names they are less than men not less than god less than men 
because they are spiritual beings originally created to be angels ministering spirits less than the first man are we together so in the order of things a believer is greater than sin we'll get there we'll get there let's not rush now let's take it one by one by one that's our first witness that god created the first man in his image and his likeness and he was a living soul and god created the second man to be a quickening spirit so the difference between you and the first man is that he was a living soul but glory to god you are a quickening spirit the first man didn't have rivers of living water in him you have rivers of living water in you from the day you received the holy ghost i want to get it now that's witness number one can we begin to move fast witness number two witness number two witness number two colossians chapter two that we were reading colossians chapter two that we were reading we're reading that scripture earlier colossians chapter two from verse uh, nine yes it says now hear this in him listen everybody who did you receive when you became a christian the lord jesus obviously right now it says for in him dwells all the fullness of god in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily now this is to tell you that you receive the fullness of the lord god when you receive the lord jesus and if you receive the fullness of the lord god when you receive the lord jesus it means that you have become god with a godhead so that means that you now belong to the class of beings called god this is our second witness that you now belong to the class of being called god praise god third witness oh okay third witness i'm going to even give us four witnesses third witness john chapter one verse 12. third witness john chapter one verse 12. are we writing these witnesses down john chapter one verse 12. but as many as received him listen to this if you read from verse one it says in the beginning was the word and the word was the god and the word was god he is talking about the word that is god now he says as many as received him to them gave he power 
to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, allow me to ask you, if God give that, what will the sons of God be? Allow me to answer, God. If God gives back, his sons would be God. If a lion gives back, he gives back to a lion. If a goat gives back, he gives back to a goat. If a chicken gives back, he gives back to a chicken. If God gives back, he gives back to God. And this is why some certain set of people would never agree with you when you call yourself a son of God, because they know what it means. What it, hear me? We are going to look at what it means later. We are just trying to establish the fact that we are sons of God today. And we have 60 more minutes to do that. What this is what it means that you are a carrier of God. And so, hear this every time you call yourself a son of God, what I'm about to say might scare you, but it is the truth. It is the truth. And that is what we have been trying to say since morning. You are God manifested in the flesh. Now, does your life look like you are God manifested in the flesh? Something is missing. It is not power. It is not the Holy Spirit. But something is missing. I'm going to look at it at a later date. That's witness number three. If you this is true that it is the Lord Jesus you received, not just who you go, you have become the Son of God, and a Son of God is God. A Son of God is God. A Son of God is God. I'm repeating this so that it enters your head. So say it to yourself I am a Son of God, I am God manifested in the flesh. So anywhere I go and stand, it is like God is standing. This is why the Bible says that now are we ambassadors for Christ? That's witness number three. Witness number four. Witness number four. I'm giving us three, four witnesses. When the Bible said in the, in the amount of three witnesses, the truth shall be established. I'm giving us four witnesses now. Witness number four is the most direct, most clearest, and the most, you know, powerful one, perhaps. But we sometimes read over it without getting it. Second Peter chapter one and verse four. If I, I'll give us five witnesses. <laughs> Second Peter chapter one from verse four. It says, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, before we look, talk about particles of the divine nature, let's look at that scripture. Compare 2 Peter 1, 4 to Romans 1, 
16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God for salvation. Whereby are given unto you exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises you will become partakers of the divine nature. Therein is this gospel. Is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You see that is the same thing that they are saying essentially. Essentially. When the promises the Bible is talking about now refers to the gospel of our Lord Jesus, that they are exceeding great and precious ones, that by these promises, when you receive the, if it is not that you became a Christian by mouth, it is not that you became a Christian by association, it is not that you became a Christian by birth, I mean natural birth now, you received these promises, you have been made a partaker of the divine nature. I now ask you, what is the divine nature? The answer is the eternal life. The eternal life that Jesus was talking about. And if you are now a partaker of the divine nature, it means that you have become a sharer of the life of God. It then means that you have joined the class of God. You know, we have upper class, middle class, and lower class. It is just like that. You have joined the class of God. I repeat, so the term God is not about a person. This is why Genesis 2-7 said, he point blank, the Lord God. So you will know exactly who molded the man. The Godhead. Kai, can somebody say I belong to the class of God? So you belong to the class of God. Hear this now. It means that if you are a part of the divine nature, it means that you are now a part of the Trinity. And so the Trinity is no longer God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. No, the Trinity is now God the Father, the Sons, and the Spirit. I feel somebody will shout wherever they are. You should be hungry and some things now. You should be hungry at ignorance, for example. <laughs> you are a part of the divine nature. Is that not witness number four? Witness number five. And that is the final witness. One. That's 23. Praise God. Now it says, being born again. Hmm? It's talking about you. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed. He said, make sure you are born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Now, you are born again by the word of God. That we have both agreed now according to the word of God that is God. So it means that you were born of God. And so if you were born of God, God can only give back to God. God cannot give back to man. So the difference between you and Adam is that Adam was made, you were born. 
Alléluia. 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 You were born of God. Our time is fast spent and I've only able to be able to scrape the face, the surface of our teaching. Really, really. You are born of God. You carry the life of God. You are not just born of God. You are the express image of His glory. Because you have the life of God in you. I want to get that. I am asking you. Is your life responding to you? Like you are born of God. So this is what it means. If it means that you are born of God. And that you are a son of God. I want to get that. There are certain things that must not happen to you. One of my brothers in church is a pastor, Pastor Samson. He, he had a testimony from Pastor Chris, and then he confessed that I have the same testimony and went to bed. Praise God. And then the next day, while he was trying to open the gate, then the gate cut his leg. It opened up and he began to shed blood. And he looked at the leg. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus, dry up. And right there, the leg began to close up by itself. Praise God. Praise God. I cannot even begin to talk about testimonies. <laughs> really, really. Recently, on, I think on Tuesday at um, BFA Families uh, Prayer Fast, I was teaching them and around 1 a.m. was there about. And it was then I discovered that I had a dislocation the previous day. And at first it was not serious. I didn't know it was that serious. It was in the middle of that prayer that I discovered that I could hardly walk. I just felt the discomfort. And right there and then, I just laid hands on it and I spoke to it that the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So in the name of Jesus, rearrange yourself. That was the last I heard of that dislocation. The next day I woke up as if nothing happened. I played the football the next day. Praise God. It is always about whether you know or you don't know. There are many things. Hear me, everybody. There are many things. There are many things that is happening to you and it is because you allowed it. Many things. Many things. The Bible says, whatsoever is born of God has overcome the world. 
And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory. This is the victory. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. From verse 28. Now hear this. It says, And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good to them, to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. Why? Because for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. If you are carrying a normal Bible, underline among many brothers. This is your witness number six. This is why Jesus said, you can do all that I do and even greater works. He says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be, if God be for us, who can be against us? You know the beautiful thing? God is not just for us. With the Holy Spirit is in you, God is in you. It is not about who. What can be against you? All things work together for good. For those that love God, those that are born of God because they are God. So, listen to this. If all things are not working together for your good, it is not God's fault. It is your fault. Because you, are, you happen to be the God that all things do not work together for good for. Hey, is somebody even listening to me this night at all? This is what I'm saying. Don't forget three things that God does. God creates. God sustains. God restores. You must understand. See, it is not... There are some things that... There's, some, there's an understanding I have come to realize. That as a child of God... You are not supposed to be praying for promotion. You are the promotion they seek. So if you find yourself working in a place and things are not going well, listen to me, you are the solution that place needs. Not begin to look for a better place. Many times, the children of God miss out on the opportunities to manifest as God because they are too focused on worldly things. Think about this. You went to school for four years. You studied a wonderful course. You want to be a professional. I'm looking for a very good career. Okay, 
let's say a professional banker when you graduated and you are born of God, you are a son of God. You want to be a professional banker? And at the end of your training and all that, you couldn't get a job at a global bank. But you got a role at a microfinance bank. You know, there are two ways you can promote. Now, you are going to choose which one is better by yourself. There are two ways you can be promoted. The first way is to continue to upgrade yourself, go to school, write exams, get better. Are you even now? Continue to get better, continue to get better. And, uh, you know, after some five, six, seven years, you get an opportunity to get to a global bank and you are admitted first. And then over the next 10, 15 years, you are promoted until you get to a high ranking you know, level. That's the first way to get the promotion. Okay, that one too, with prayers. Abby? Now, this is another way. Another way to be promoted is to be in that microfinance bank and become the light in the middle of that darkness and become the solution to that bank's problem and become the reason that bank is expanding. What I'm saying, because God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and understanding in Christ Jesus, and you have that Christ Jesus, that wisdom is in you. Please listen to me. Wisdom is in you. It is not coming from above. Wisdom and understanding is in you. What you need to unlock them is knowledge. We'll talk about this in our next class. That's the class, in our next meeting. Wisdom is already in you. Wisdom and understanding is already in you. What you need to unlock it is knowledge. Now, you, as some as God in their midst, now begin to give them ideas, begin to give them ways to promote. And then they went for a microfinance bank to becoming a global bank in multi, in multi countries in a matter of 10 years. And by reason of your contributions, you are one of the majority shareholders. Now you tell me, which of these is the best promotion? I am telling you, the kind of person that you have, you can create a way, not God. You know, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Thank God. You know that song talks about God, not Father. The song doesn't say, Father, we make a way. Mm -mm. The song says, God would make a way. And you're God. So you can make a way. Hear what I'm saying. You can make a way when there is no way. How you are going to make a way is what we're going to start looking at from next week. You can make a way where there is no way. You can turn a barren land to a fertile land. You, you. Because we are going to pray, let us look at how. Let's look at the first step together. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. That's the last scripture for today, and then we round up here. Hebrews chapter 1, and verse 3. We want to pray. Peria grew the bed, he ground, Nani Brando, Raga de Brade, Bedekesila, Elagreda, Ramali bread, Edemele Crendi, Nakania, Sorima Lede, Legradure, Malia, Shatoria, Baragaden, Gredegi. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory? We'll look at the scriptures another time. And the express image of his person, he says, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things 
by the word of his power. I repeat, upholding all things by the word of his power. So how does God operate? He upholds things by the word of his power. In other words, he speaks. What God does, what the Godhead does, is to speak. And so if other God is going to get anything done, they are going to speak. When the Lord Jesus was on earth, he spoke. Praise the Lord. Even the Holy Spirit speaks. Do you want to manifest as God? You are going to have to speak God's word. Are you ready? This is not the kind of prayer where you pray in tongues. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You are going to speak God's words, God's word, and set it there. Now, if you don't have God's word in you, there's a problem. I'll be frank with you, there's a problem. There's a challenge, a serious one. You are going to have to speak God's word. Are we ready? Are we ready? Now, can we begin to speak into that life? Can you begin to speak into the land? Can you begin to speak into your work? Can you begin to speak into your finances? Can you begin to speak into your health? You know where the shoe is tightening you the most. Don't forget, you are God. You can speak forth and it will be so. It is your job. In fact, it is your responsibility to turn things around. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things can work together for your good. Begin to speak to it now. Begin to speak. Begin to speak. Begin to speak. You have one minute to do this. Begin to speak. Continue to speak. Continue. Stop waiting for somebody to come and speak for your behalf. Continue to speak. In the name of the Lord Jesus, all things work together for my good. I am born of God. Everything responds to me the way they respond to God. Everything responds to me the way they respond to God. 